this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The moon is the second brightest object in our sky. At the same time, among other astronomical bodies, it's one of the dimmest and least reflective. Our natural satellite only seems bright because it's so close to Earth. For comparison, our planet looks much brighter when you look at it from space. It's because clouds, ice, and snow reflect way more light than most types of rock. Triton, Neptune's moon, has all its surface covered with several layers of ice. If this satellite replaced our current moon, the night sky would get seven times brighter. The closer the moon is to the horizon, the larger it looks. This phenomenon is called the moon illusion. One of the theories explaining it claims that the atmosphere plays the role of a magnifying glass, which makes the moon look bigger. In reality, if the atmosphere had a say in it, the moon would actually look smaller, not bigger. Most experts believe that the illusion is created by your own mind. It can increase the moon's size more than twice. When Earth's satellite is high up in the sky, you don't have any visual cues about how far away it is. But when it's near the horizon, you can see objects surrounding it in detail. It makes the moon look larger. But it's just one of the many theories explaining the phenomenon. By the way, you can trick yourself out of this illusion if you bend down and look at the moon upside down through your legs. Two or three years ago, an asteroid was pulled into Earth's orbit and started to travel around the planet. Even though it's no larger than an average car, it's still a big deal. Out of more than one million asteroids astronomers know about, it's only the second one to orbit our planet. Called 2020 CD3, it's our temporary mini-moon. It won't be with Earth for long, though. The asteroid is following a random orbit and is slowly drifting away. Temporarily captured objects, such as 2020's CD3, are rare. They need to have specific direction and speed to be caught by Earth's gravitational pull. Otherwise, they either crash into the planet or fly in another... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. 
Play it now with Game Pass. The direction. A transient lunar phenomenon is one of the most enigmatic things happening on the moon. It's a short-lived light, color, or some other change on the satellite's surface. Most commonly, it's random flashes of light. Astronomers have been observing this phenomenon since the 1950s. They've noticed that the flashes occur randomly. Sometimes, they can happen several times a week. After that, they disappear for several months. Some of them don't last longer than a couple of minutes. But there have been those that continued for hours. The year was 1969, one day before Apollo 11 landed on the moon. One of the mission participants noticed that one part of the natural satellite was more illuminated than the surrounding landscape. It looked as if that area had a kind of fluorescence to it. Unfortunately, it's still unclear if this phenomenon was connected with the mysterious lunar flashes. There might be more metals, for example, titanium or iron, in lunar craters than astronomers used to think. The main problem with this finding? It contradicts the main theory about how the moon was formed. That theory says that Earth's natural satellite was spun off from our planet after a collision with a massive space object. But then, why does Earth's metal-poor crust have much less iron oxide than the moon's? It might mean the moon formed from the material lying much deeper inside our planet. Or these metals could have appeared when the molten lunar surface was slowly cooling down. The moon's gravity is about 17% of that on Earth. If you weighed 200 pounds on our home planet, on the moon, your weight would decrease to a mere 34 pounds. You would also be able to carry stuff six times heavier than what you can carry on Earth. It would be easier to walk on the moon's surface, but it would be more dangerous too. Your feet inside a heavy spacesuit would sink into the lunar soil up to six inches deep. But let's imagine you decided to skip the tedious process of walking by leaping through the air. Then you'd likely lose control of your jumps in no time. Plus, the moon's surface is littered with deep craters. It would be a tough feat to avoid all of them. Not so long ago, astronomers discovered a massive blob of some mysterious substance. It was hidden under the surface of the moon's far side. Its mass was the same as that of a pile of metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii. The enigmatic something lies almost 200 miles beneath an enormous crater that appeared in the lunar surface billions of years ago. The blob likely has something to do with a super collision. It might be the metal core of the object that hit the moon back then. The moon's surface has millions of craters, but something else has drawn a lot of attention to it. A giant rare hole that turned out to be a tube. It was found when the Japanese lunar orbiter was gathering data around the moon's skylight, the tube's entrance. Researchers found a specific echo pattern that suggested there was a hollow area. They discovered more echo patterns at a couple of places near the hole, so there could be more lunar tubes there. But in this big tube, you could place an entire football field and the pit could swallow it whole. It's irregularly shaped and 427 feet in diameter. Scientists think that there could be secret caves, a tunnel system, or an entire geological wonderland under the surface. 
It could be a good shelter for astronauts that land on the moon, or even be a harbor for a lunar colony. No one ever managed to stay on the moon for more than three days because of the conditions on the satellite. It has a wide range of temperatures, low atmosphere, and no magnetic field that would protect life on the surface from things like radiation or harsh sun rays. Astronauts wear spacesuits, but they can't protect them over long periods of time. But a lava tube could. When a lava flow cools, it gets a hard crust, which later thickens and creates a roof over that same lava. It continues to flow, but when it stops, the channel can drain, which results in an empty tube. Our planet also has lava tubes, but they're not as big as the one found on the moon. There's a special type of tree called a moon tree. It's grown from seeds that were taken into space during one of the missions and then returned back to Earth. You can find this kind of tree growing across the U.S. Earth is 27% bigger than the moon and far more massive. Our gravity is stronger. If you drop a rock on the Earth, it will fall faster. 150 pounds on Earth is just 25 pounds on the moon. The Earth has numerous satellites circling around it, but the moon is the only natural one. Our moon was formed during a big collision of the Earth and one more planet the size of Mars. This happened around 4.6 billion years ago, shortly after the Sun and our solar system were formed. After the collision, a cloud of vaporized rock went into orbit around our planet, cooled, and shaped into a ring of small solid bodies. They later got together and became the Moon, leaving craters as a reminder of this collision. If you're standing on the surface of the Moon, your shadow will be darker than on Earth. This is because there's no atmosphere to scatter light and create lighter shadows. One of Jupiter's moons, Io, has hundreds of volcanoes and pretty wild eruptions, sometimes sending plumes 250 miles into the atmosphere. These eruptions happen because of the extremely strong gravity this moon is exposed to. Its insides tense up and relax in those periods when it gets closer to and then further from Jupiter, which generates enough energy for insane volcanic activity. It's not just planets, even quite small space bodies sometimes have moons. In 1993, researchers discovered a 20-mile-wide asteroid and its one-mile-wide moon. You'd need 400,000 moons to match the brightness of our central star, the Sun. The moon reflects the light it gets from the Sun, but it doesn't produce its own. That brightness depends on the angle between the moon, the Earth, and the Sun. Our moon is around 32 Earths away from us, and 29 Earths at its closest. When the night is dark and clear, it seems like you can touch a full moon. But if you wanted to do it, you'd have to travel up to 250,000 miles. Still, there is water on the moon. Not puddles or lakes, but grains of water ice exist in permanently shadowed parts near the moon's poles. Scientists think that water got on the moon a long time ago during a period when both the Moon and Earth were constantly struck by asteroids and comets. In 2012, scientists discovered water vapor plumes erupting close to its south pole, rising up to 125 miles. These plumes can help us find what's inside Europa without having to land there. Scientists think there could be a magnificent ocean hidden 10 to 15 miles beneath the solid surface. That ocean could be 40 to 100 miles deep. Even though it's just one quarter of Earth's diameter, it contains twice as much water as all of our oceans together. This ocean is a potential environment for some forms of life. Scientists believe the entire ice crust is floating on that ocean.
it probably makes a full rotation around Europa once every 12,000 years. In the image the Galileo spacecraft took, you can see small dark brown spots. They're six miles across and formed as the hot, less dense material was getting to the surface. It either pushed the crust or broke through it altogether. The surface of Europa consists of so-called chaos terrains. They're rough areas surrounded by a smoother surface. Its equator could be covered in ice spikes called penitentes that can go up to 50 feet high. We have them on Earth, too, especially in dry areas at high altitudes. But none of them are as big as those on Europa. Our moon has over 5,000 big craters with a diameter of more than 15 miles. Europa's surface lacks impact craters and doesn't look like it's more than 50 million years old. This means the surface of Europa is changing and reforming all the time. This moon is icy and is one of the smoothest of any solid space objects in our solar system. Because of it, it's five times brighter than our moon. Europa is under a constant blast of radiation coming from Jupiter. It's so strong, we wouldn't last even a day there. Europa is five times further away from the center of our solar system than Earth. That means it barely gets any heat coming from the sun. So it can remain frozen, since the average temperature is negative 250 degrees Fahrenheit at the equator and around negative 360 degrees Fahrenheit at the poles. About 40 years ago, the Voyager 1 spacecraft came close to the rocky moon Io and discovered that it's a volcanic champion of our solar system. Io is Jupiter's fifth innermost moon, 4.5 billion years old, nearly the same age as Jupiter itself. It's similar in size to our moon and even has a similar density and amount of gravity. Many moons in our solar system consist of silicates and water ice, but Io is made of iron and silicate rock. You'd be able to see some beautiful auroras on Io. As this moon rotates around Jupiter, auroras change brightness all the time, but they're always there. Io is relatively close to Jupiter, almost 260,000 miles above its cloud tops. If you could come to Io and take a look at Jupiter from there, it would appear almost 40 times bigger in the sky than our moon. Stargazing there would be amazing! Io needs 42 and a half hours to orbit Jupiter. Our moon needs almost a month. At some points, Io's tidal bulge can go up to 330 feet. It's similar to what we have on Earth. The gravity of our moon causes ocean tides. Io doesn't have an ocean, but the ground itself moves and goes up and down. It's like an elevator taking you to the bottom and then the top of a building with 30 stories. The gravity of Jupiter and its other big moons affect Io, so the solid ground tides on its surface are over five times as high as the highest ocean tides on our planet. All this makes Io so hot on the inside that some of the inner materials melt, boil, and try to escape in any way possible. Eventually, it creates a hole in the ground, which then turns into a volcano. Io is the most active body in our solar system when it comes to volcanoes. Io has more than 400 of those, with 150 of them erupting all the time. Some of them shoot their hot gas plumes 200 miles into space. 
it would be difficult to walk there because we're talking about a pretty intense world of floodplains of liquid rock, huge lava flows, multiple lava lakes, and giant collapsing mountains. Ganymede, the largest moon in the solar system we know of, also has the biggest water ocean. It's 26% greater than Mercury when it comes to volume, but it's less dense. This giant moon has a thick crust of water ice 90 miles deep. There might be a huge ocean of liquid water underneath. It extends 60 miles deep, which is about 10 times deeper than the deepest point in the Earth's ocean. The Voyager spacecraft also detected polar caps made of water frost there. Ganymede is half rock, half water, including tiny amounts of metals and ice. Its atmosphere is very thin and doesn't contain oxygen. This ocean most likely doesn't contain life. People, scientists included, stubbornly persist in viewing the moon as its clever official International Astronomical Union name. It's a moon of the Earth, orbiting around the Earth, showing its different phases throughout the lunar month, or moonth, as moon fans sometimes like to call the 29 and a half day cycle of lunar phases. Moon lovers' favorite day of the week, of course, is Moon Day. It comes right after Sunday. But back to the science. It's how our school books portray the phases of the moon. It's what people believe now. Notice how the Earth is the moon's center, and how it goes around the Earth in a circular path. This is the geocentric view of the moon. It's what we see from Earth. The moon comes up, the moon goes down. The moon comes up again, the moon goes around the Earth. But that's not what's happening in space. It's way past time we Copernicus-size the moon. We need to start seeing the moon from a heliocentric point of view, as we do for everything else in the solar system. First of all, the geocentric view of the moon's phases shows the Earth stationary, sitting in the center of the moon's path for a whole moon, a uh, month. But the Earth is not stationary at all. We're zooming around the sun at a very high speed, anywhere between 66 and 68,000 miles an hour. Therefore, any picture of the moon going around a stationary Earth is profoundly misleading and really outright wrong. The heliocentric view of the Earth and moon moving together in space should look something like this. Notice that the moon is not going around the Earth. It's traveling along with the Earth, around the sun. The path of the moon around the sun is a sinusoidal path back and forth, back and forth, across the ever-forward-moving path of the Earth. Notice that the moon always goes forward, too. It doesn't ever go backward to either the sun or the Earth. By always moving forward and sinusoidal, the path of the moon does not qualify as an orbit in the same sense that the other moons of the solar system orbit their planets in elliptical paths. Therefore, it is wrong to say the moon orbits the Earth. The moon orbits the sun along with the Earth, or the moon and the Earth both orbit the sun, are statements Copernicus and Galileo would approve of. But science today has difficulty accepting a heliocentric view of the moon. Maybe there would be too many books that need to be reprinted. Maybe too many astronomy professors would have to admit that they were wrong their whole careers. Accordingly, Objections are put forward to block the revolutionary heliocentric view of the moon from being universally accepted. One such objection is that the moon never leaves the Earth's gravity well, and therefore should be rightly considered a moon of the Earth, an orbital to use the astronomical term for satellite. 
Undoubtedly, the moon never leaves the Earth's gravity well, or else we would lose the moon. However, representations of this well-known definite fact always show the moon moving around the Earth inside the gravity well. And this is not true. The moon never goes back toward the Earth as it would need to if it were in an elliptical orbit. So the gravity well objection can be dismissed because the astronomers who propose as orbital evidence that the moon always stays within the Earth's gravity well fail or neglect to include the facts of the moon's continuously forward sinusoidal motion. Escape velocity for the moon to leave Earth's gravity well is reported to be about 2,684 miles per hour. Relative to the Earth, the moon presently moves about 2,238 miles per hour. What kind of impact would it take to accelerate the moon that extra 450 miles per hour needed to knock it out of Earth's gravity well? If anyone wants to compute that, you're most welcome to put your answer in the comments section. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.